Hey, man. Just, <laughs> hey, just started recording. Oh. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. <laughs> Look we're, at us. We're, we're in the same room. We're in the same room. I was just asking you a little tight. No, I mean, you know, I enjoy being close to you, brother. <laughs> um, this we're, is great. We're normally this close on camera. Yeah. But now we're literally this literally close. Like this I can close. touch you. I know. Um, and it's pouring outside, so we just came over and we made this yeah, work. I was in the area. thought I'd stop by for this new podcast with Mark Batterson and your brother, Joel Clark. It was it was a lot of fun. It was awesome. Yeah. I think our audience is going to love this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we dove into Mark's new book. We did a lot of rethinking with them. My brother's a storyteller. You know what? He didn't talk about his book. He has a book titled Awake that is so good. It's just a, like a memoir of his story. So I'll throw that out there. Yeah. But it, we dove into the power of story and our own story. We talked about Mark's book, Please, Sorry, Thanks, mm-hmm. the Canadian story. Hey, we talked about um, playing Mozart to cows yes. and talking to plants and yeah. co-creating with God. Yeah. <laughs> Repentance, changing the way we think. Mark dove into... Uh, some of the ways that uh, he's discovered the vastness of the nature of God and how he's, he, he used this line when he closes his eyes and he thinks about uh, God and God's thoughts toward him. He sees a smile on God's face and he actually has lines like smile lines. That was a great. I image. love that imagery. Yeah. 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 No, this is a good one, guys. Uh, if you've not read Mark Batterson in the past, he's got a ton of books out there that uh, have all been pretty much game changers for me yeah we played a game where we tried to introduce uh title chapter or book, title book, book titles. titles uh while we were having a conversation you did well i think you won see if you can figure it out see if you can decide who wins. if you listen to the whole podcast you're gonna have to catch <laughs> the batterson uh book titles there yeah but they're working on a new project together yeah. you're yeah. a part of it yeah it's called it is the I adventure ch- series yes i changed the world right yep and it's four tweens uh, ages 8 through 12. It's a retelling uh, of Bible stories. And our first one's David. We go into that. And it, the whole the whole conversation naturally led uh, to that uh, introduction of that series. And it's available uh, yeah. now. Uh, and A couple free chapter downloads, I think. If you yeah. hop online, you can grab those. Uh, but this is uh, a big effort to recast heroes yeah. in the younger generation's eyes and kind of in the Emmaus way, yep. let Jesus be seen in the story yeah. of the old Testament and some of those characters, yeah. but bring it into a hero light yeah. for our next generation. It was a fun thing to, it was a fun reason to have this podcast and, and we went to the deep end in a lot of areas, but uh, also shared a little bit about that book series. Stick around to the end. You'll find out where you can get it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And if you're listening to the podcast only, hop on YouTube and you'll be able to see all of us yeah. and see Mark's amazing bookshelf in the background, yes. which is just amazing. His, his I, blue, blue Rick. I want to go look. <laughs> I want to. Yeah. Sorry. I had to. Kinda, that was great. Had a little dig in there, but that it's okay. Awesome. Hopefully he wasn't offended. <laughs> I don't think so at all. That was hilarious. I loved it good man it's really good to see you yeah it's yeah. been a minute. It's, it's been a while. Uh, it is good it's yeah. uh we'll 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 be in the same room here at some point sometime we have to be man yeah uh we, we get to work on a few things together with joel my brother guys so excited to have joel and mark batterson here with derek and i and uh, yes yeah. this is not normal that derek and i are in the same room so this yeah. is kind of fun too. i was nearby so i thought i'd come and do it together and we don't have to have four screens that way, but it's nice to meet your brother. Yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, Mark, I read all your books, brother. So uh, love yeah. you. You and my mom 
dare. <laughs> so, Mark, yeah. I've been listening to this podcast for a couple of years now, and and it's this is the first time I've ever seen Derek in person. And Derek, you don't look at all how I pictured. So, uh, oh, I'll thank just, you. I, I'm not going to take that anywhere. Just yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to say thank you and hope that that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so nice much to meet. Better. It's nice to meet Jason's brother finally. I mean, Jason and I we feel like brothers. Yeah. And uh, so I'm on, honorary part of the family, just in case in case yeah. you need to know. Yeah, man. It's fun to have you guys on. And, and Mark, you mentioned seeing each other face to face. Part of the reason we have you guys on together, and we'd hope to catch you t- together, but my brother uh, has a beach, beach vacation. In fact, he's wearing uh, swim trunks right now, came just from the beach. But but uh, we've been working on a project, and we'll talk about that some more. Uh, together, the three of us have been working on a project called I Change the World. And we thought, you know, it'd be fun to get the three of us on here uh, but we want to do a little rethinking first. The, the folks that listen to this podcast, uh, they're, they're very much passionate about the goodness of God and having a better thought about them today than the one we had yesterday. And, and, uh, and so I would love to start kind of in that place. I know, Mark, we know, I know your message and the way it correlates with my brother's message is very much around radical dreaming faith, you know, you know, some circle making in there, uh, some of that kind of stuff going on. My brother's very big in story. I know you have a new book. I'd love to touch on please. Sorry. Thanks. Uh, and I said, sorry, like a Canadian. Sorry. Sorry. like. <laughs> but but <laughs> go ahead. Let's start with uh, with you, Mark. Share a little bit for, for the folks who you are, what you're doing in D.C. there. And then maybe we'll do that with Joel and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, well, I, I wear a couple of different hats, like most of us. Uh, married to my wife, Laura, for uh, 31 years. We got wow. married very young, and uh, we have three kids in their 20s. Wow. Uh, had the joy of uh, pastoring National Community Church in Washington, D.C. for 27 years, oh, so gosh. more than half of my life. Uh, I've been pastoring a church and then, you know, get up early and write books. And then in the margins, uh, Jason, you and I and Joel have, uh, um, we we have (laughs) kind of put our hands to some interesting projects. Uh, When I, when I hear your voice, I hear the, the teaser to a, a film that, We have co-labored on that will, uh, by faith, yeah. be on the big screen sooner or later. Yes, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I might be saying I have attention deficit disorder. That I'm, I'm like, I well, one of one of my life quotes is never lose a holy curiosity. Albert Einstein said that, and yeah. to me, uh, I'm interested in everything. And, uh, but writing pastoring is kind of what I do by day and, uh, fun, fun to just be a part of this conversation. Yeah. Amen, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool film that we've been working on a couple other projects too, but I, I, I like that by faith. I'm believing it's going to get made as well. Yeah. And it's nice to see your, uh, exhaustive, uh, Blu-ray collection back there. <laughs> sorry oh. i just had to throw that in because that that's impressive that's an impressive bookshelf right there yeah it is well thank you it's yeah. uh i feel bad i am probably responsible for the killing of many trees uh, 
I, I'm kind of old school. I, I like the book I can hold in my, my hands and, uh, and well, you know, I, I'm not naturally gifted as a writer. So I actually read 3000 books before writing one. Really? Kind of. Yeah. I, I sort of reverse engineered them and, you know, I, I had to figure out how do people write in a way that I actually want to read yeah, right. what they write. And so read an awful lot of books over about 13 years before writing the first one. So that that's more information than you need to Bro, know. But I think you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And we've already worked in Circle Maker in yeah. in the conversation, so yeah. we're going to try and work all your titles in at some point. Mm-hmm. The toughest being in the pit with a lion on a snowy day. Oh, I just I love it. That's brilliant. Look at there, well I did it. Look at that, you did it, Derek. You're a natural. <laughs> one that will work in here is the, the introduction for for Joel. Hey, Joel, tell tell them about one of the other screenplays that you and I worked on that uh, has a book title uh, attached to it. Oh, all in. All in. Hey, that, hey, there's all in. <laughs> Joel and I wrote a <laughs> no. screenplay titled All In. That may have had something to do with Mark. Joel, share a little bit about uh, my, my, this is my little brother who I look up to. Um, he is, he's lived the adventure. I, I can't tell you, my brother has this saying, I'm going to steal it from him, but you can talk about it. But he has a saying, do it for the story. Mm. And oh my gosh, some of the things that he has done for the story, uh, some of the things um, my mom he doesn't he doesn't tell her till afterwards. Mm. But share <laughs> share a little bit. No, I, I mean I, it, the the journey here has been amazing. We I was sitting with my in laws at this beach vacation just <clears throat> at the, with my nieces and uh, last night talking to them about the power of story and how how God is the creator of story and how you know basically we have the potential every day within the choices we make to make a day memorable and meaningful or easily forgotten. And they, you know, this morning they, they woke up, I woke up and they asked me, what did I do yesterday to make it meaningful? And I hadn't told anybody I'd done this, but at midnight I ran down to the beach and swam in massive waves in the middle of the dark for, for quite a while, just Dude, crashed over. And it was just the most fun I've had in a long time. I hadn't thought about it as story building, but the point being is like, my my theme in life is capturing stories and that it, for two reasons one is i think god's the creator of story and and therefore that's what we're meant to do with our lives but i also want to be a great storyteller so the only way to know how to tell a great story is to live a great story um and that's that's taken me on you know so many different uh what w- would be perceived as rabbit trails and um even perceived dead ends that are just radical stories and not all of them are um quote unquote god stories a lot of them are are just uh, amazing life adventure stories which i argue are actually more god stories than the than yeah. the ones that i get on a sunday morning or the ones that i get in the small group um 100 yeah. but they're the, the stories that awaken hearts and minds and the stories that that uh you know i i have been having a lot of conversation around story lately because of the series that we're writing and, and i don't i'm the opposite of mark mark you are you holy curiosity I um I don't never know why I'm doing it, what I'm doing. I'm just chasing something. And you know, when when Mark preaches, I go to National Community Church. Uh, he's the pastor of the church. He's my pastor. We, we, I've been there for years. And you, <laughs> you hear Mark preach, and he's always pulling in these crazy facts and crazy things from everywhere, which I absolutely appreciate. And if I wasn't sitting there, I'd be reading them, and I wouldn't even. They just go over my head, and I wouldn't care. 
but the way that Mark puts them together is through through great storytelling, which makes me care. Yeah. But for me, it's just it's chasing the the it's less adrenaline driven, even though there's been some of that. It's more sure. um, it doesn't matter to, to some. What I told my nieces the other day was I, ha I don't have a single regret in my life when it comes to story. I've got regrets when it comes to making bad choices or, you know, I've got different regrets. But when it comes to living my life to the fullest, really, I don't have a single regret from the time that I left home till today. Yeah. And it's looked different on every stage. But when I when I find God, I don't find God in in um, some people find him on a, taking a nature walk or on a run. Um, I hear from God on a Sunday morning. I hear from God in worship. But I find God in the midst of a twist to a story that I didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. Or in the midst of a, a you know a free fall that you didn't see coming that yeah. um, but it's just that's that's for me is where I find the intimacy and you've revealed who he is to me by how you've chased story that way I mean I mean I I got a front row seat to Joel and I've I've watched you adrenaline chase but I remember um, we were doing a series and and shooting something in Iceland and and we sh snuck away for a a project I was working on, we got in the car, it was kind of a take on Seinfeld's uh, uh, coffee and comedians. Yeah, cigars, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, except for um, uh, you and me. And uh, and I started to try, because it's always hard to get Joel to to get deep spiritually. Like, it, like it's like pulling teeth on him because he's just going to constantly be ripping on you and left turning and telling <laughs> jokes. And, uh, and so I had him in the hour and I'm like, dude, you've got to say something deep. That's what this is all about, right? Like, <laughs> so he began to break down how he discovers the nature of our father, the nature of God and story. And, and particularly in retelling and in telling a story and in discovering, even not knowing where this, you know, Joel and I write together and we've write, written with Mark, but when I write with Joel, he never knows where it's going to go. And, um, and I love that. It's also a little bit scary because I like to, I like to have the whys, but, but uh, I've I've discovered the nature of God through how you've how you've lived that way, and it is how you've lived that way. Like man, Joel's got stories where they put a hood over him, and he goes and he meets the warlord. He's jumped off of things that nobody should be jumping off of. He's been to pretty much every content uh, continent on the planet, including South uh, or where Antarctica. Antarctica, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, the deepest uh, spiritual thing I've heard so far is the midnight East Coast Carolina swim. Right? Exactly. That that's. Uh, <laughs> right. that's that's which, deep, which is a rather tame thing, but <laughs> but he is getting older and he has kids now, so right, yeah. So Joel and Mark, um, you know, our audience wants to hear a story of a time when you've rethought God, where you used to think about him this way, but now you think about him this way, and and it's a better story, it's a better God, it's a better, um, a better gospel. You know, it's good, it's better and better news all the time. That's been our experience. Yeah. And, um, and I know our audience wants to hear at least one of those stories from each of you. It's like, man, I used to think about God this way, but maybe I had this experience or I had this epiphany or I encountered somebody that helped change my view of God, especially in the way that it looks more like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mark, do you want to want to share something? Does anything come to mind and or yeah. Joel, you can jump in? Well, I mean, speaking of Jesus, Jesus is perfect theology, oh, right? Yeah. That's it. That, uh, you know, Eugene Peterson said, uh, Jesus is the dictionary in which we look up the meaning of words. So he is grace and truth, the very definition of it. Yeah. And uh, when, when you're a little bit confused about the nature of God, I think you go right back to the Gospels and you take a long, hard look 
at who Jesus is. I, I, I didn't really know, you know, this is off the cuff, wasn't sure uh, what, what I, how I would answer this question, but um, let, let me come at it this way because I think there's a lot of us are so binary in the way that we think about God, yeah. you know, is he graceful or is he truthful? Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. He's both. Yes. And so uh, Job eleven six truth is found in the tension of opposites. True wisdom has two sides. So I always feel like when you feel great tension, now you're getting in proximity uh, to the truth. And so this all share something that's really helped me because you know there are more than four hundred names for God in Scripture. There's no way God doesn't fit within the logical constraints of the left brain, much less the four dimensions of space time he he created. So like, you know, what are we thinking if we think that we can put God in a box? Um, He's so much bigger than that. Um, But it was about a year ago, I was training for a bike century, started having some hip issues. And one of our pastors ran track at University of Virginia, and he he told me about this concept in physiology called reciprocal inhibition or reflexive antagonism. And we'll just can we have a little bit of fun with with yeah. uh, listeners right now? Like everybody, give me a bicep flex. We'll do it. We'll do it for each other. Right. We'll get a little bicep flex. Um, <laughs> You know, I, you know, you've been hitting the gym. I can see it. I can see it there, Thanks, Derek. Man. Thanks, um, man. I appreciate that. So when, <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when, when you flex the bicep, the tricep contracts, it relaxes. There's a reciprocal nature to the human body. And this has helped me so much in thinking about God because I absolutely believe that God is just. Yeah. He's also merciful. Yeah. Right. And those two things are like reflexive antagonism. Here's the thing, though. Um, I'll just speak for me. I want God to be merciful with me and just with everybody else. <laughs> right. You know? And so, but, but really, um, you know, God, God actually really loves the person that I like the least. That's and good. I think what I've had to do is, you know, continue to expand my definition of, of the love of God. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it, we have a hard time understanding it because our love tends to be reactive Yeah, and God's love is proactive. So, um, yeah, 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 I I just, that that idea has really, really helped me. And maybe I'll, I'll share one other little, little thing. Cause I, I love A.W. Tozer said, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And and that's such a wonderful thought. And so, you know, when when you close your eyes, what expression is God wearing on his face? I, I think for a lot of people, it sure seems like God is frowning. <laughs> it's a very yeah, yeah. Um, 
kind of a negative perception of, of who God is. And, and we all have a negativity bias, and that certainly affects the way we're, we re- relate to God. But I, I think when you ask, how is your view of God changing or expanding or evolving? To me, the smile on God's face, because that's what I see when I close my eyes, I see God with smile lines. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like his smile gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's it, I, that's, that's sort of where I am I love um, in my journey, and and it's a little bit like that thought experiment, the ship of Theseus. Like if you start changing out the planks, and and then eventually change out every plank on the ship. Is it, is it still Theseus's ship? <laughs> right. Um, I think theology is a lot like that. You yeah. just you, you keep evolving in the way that you think about God. You stay grounded in God's word. Yeah. But you keep expanding your understanding of who He is. So, wow, another really long answer no, to a dude, short question. No, I love that. I um, yeah. I I mean, I love the Tozer quote, but the reflexive opposite was C.S. Lewis. When he said, basically, what comes into God's mind when he thinks about you is the most important thing about you. Yeah. And, and they, it wasn't a battle. It was a both and. Yeah. yeah. And that's a lot of what we, we discuss here and think about. Yeah. And so um, the great, great metaphor, a great example wow. of that. I love Mark. The, uh, the laugh lines or the smile lines. That's a great picture. When I was once I was on staff uh, years back and I'd heard the, uh, the phrase, uh, God's in a good mood. And I thought, man, that is uh, that I I actually was the God is in a good mood guy, uh, pastor. Whenever I showed up, people would say, "Is God in a good mood?" I'd be like, "Oh man, he's in such a good mood. You should probably ask him for something." I mean, <laughs> you know, the idea that he's 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 a good God that loves you. I, I was sharing with a group last night about about uh, the the huge shift in my life when I realized that when Jesus went under the water, he got this is my son or, or this is my daughter, like this is my family member whom I love, and, and of course, we can put theological constructs, or constructs around that, who I love, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But maybe the thing that's most transformed my life is this next line, with him I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. Especially this part, uh, a whole lot of my life, uh, my formative years, right up into my 30s, I was trying to do stuff for God, and then there was a shift that took place where I realized he'd already done everything for me and I could do something from him. And a huge shift took place. And, and when I began to read that, that, that interaction, I realized that he'd gotten a well-pleased before he did any of the stuff right. he's famous for. And, and I had lived my whole life trying to do the stuff to get the pleased and realized that Jesus had the pleased before he even did the stuff. Right. Mm. And, and all of a sudden, everything in my life shifted in that moment. And it's that I love that when you close your eyes, you see the laugh lines, because I, I think that there's a huge transformative thing that takes place in us when we realize he's pleased with us based on what, what Christ has already done. He's pleased in us based on we're in his image and likeness, and that when we can live from his pleasure, now we're living from something instead of for it. And, and what if it is Jesus did all the stuff from the pleasure of, of his father and not for it? It's like, it's, it's, this is the rethinking thing that that's constantly exciting me. I love the laugh lines, man. Yeah, that's, that's good. Brilliant. Hmm. J- Joel, you got thoughts uh, on laugh yeah, lines? It's important to point out that 
uh, for people not watching this, Mark commented, complimented Derek's biceps. Jason immediately <laughs> no, said, no. "Well, thanks." No, no, I, no. He specifically. immediately. He, no, no. I could, I could tell he was looking at me. It was very. He much. wasn't. He clearly no, said, "There." Anyway, that's fine. It's uh, <laughs> um, but, but uh, no, I, I've, I've listened to this podcast for a while, and I, I've always had the thought that it's weird because you guys tackle the issue of deconstruction. People who are going through this kind of whatever yeah. you want to call it, deconstructive mo movement. And I, I've sat with enough, enough people who are struggling with, you know, repenting, rethinking how they used to think. But I don't, because I see through the lens of story and I have for such a long time, like when I come to a new thought about God that causes some people to, oh my goodness, crumble and rethink everything and question the foundation of their lives, I just ask the question, well, is it a better story? And if the answer is yes, then, well, then I was wrong. And it's it's really like it's been a fun journey because I I appreciate the podcast and I appreciate because you guys have actually given me some terminology for things I never was. I'm not the only time I, I I'm a deep thinker is when I'm writing. Like, that's the only time you'll ever like Jason says, I, I can't have a my wife is has coined the phrase uh, response fatigue. Um, because in our first couple of years of marriage, your only she still audience. pulls it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I just, in a conversation, I'm just, I just like to be the funny guy. I just <laughs> like to, to, uh, so she's like, Joel, response to fatigue. Um, but, but when it comes to my, my, uh, you know, what I do, I do my deep thinking when I'm writing, cause that causes me to, ha I have to go and evaluate and re and, and rethink and, and figure out why I did what I did or, or what I was thinking or what God was doing in that moment. <clears throat> and it, the question always comes down to, he's the creator of story. Yeah. If, if I've been living out a story that, that is destructive in any way or isn't causing life or isn't bringing a greater love or a greater wisdom or a greater sense of his presence, then like you guys would say, my lens is flawed or however you would phrase it. I would say my story, the story I've, I've missed a beat. I've missed a, you know, the, yeah. there's something going on. Like I, all I care, really all I care about, I tell people all the time, all I want to be in, in life is great at three things. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great storyteller. Yeah. Everything else is filtered through those lenses. I, I make all my choices through somebody wants me to go golfing with them on a Saturday morning. If it means I have to sacrifice those other things, most of the time I'll say no. <laughs> it's it's, uh, Plus it's the only thing that it is. that, uh, And I don't like golf that much, so it's an easy <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but now if I wanted me to play hockey or something, it's right. that I might sacrifice. I'll play hockey but, with you any day. But it's the the idea being of, of if God's the creator of story and this, this thought that I've been believing about him, um, it, when you look at, the greater story of my life and, and the, the and creation. If this, if, if this is uh, leading to death or destruction or quote, uh, a, um, to translate, it's not a great story. God's the creator of story. So that means it must, I must've had a flawed lens. I must've been wrong. And this is where he's leading. So I, I haven't had a lot of those moments of like, I really think differently. I just kind of embrace it and run. And it's, and, and I, and it's probably caused me to hit some walls along the way, but they've never been, um, you know, stopping, they've kind of been ricochet off and in the right direction. So it, it's, it's been, I, I don't have a lot of those moments, but I do have a, a deep belief in, in the master storyteller and yeah. that we're all a part of this story. We're all a part of, you know, um, I think story is the most important thing that's ever been created in the, in the history of creation. And it's not just because I care about it. It's because that's what we're here for. We're here to live great stories. That's, that's all the, 
theology, all the terminology you want to put around yeah, it. That. That's yeah. great. Somebody like you three can can find the terminology for me and and really make it deep. It's it's for me. It's where are the where are the wings? What 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 makes me? What makes this story just riveting? And when there's like for me, when there's a big twist or something you didn't see coming, that's a great story. Well, it's the joy, <laughs> yeah, it's the no, joy it that that comes through, right? You you're. You tell stories that bring joy too. So it's it's the whole, that twist is this, a, a friend of ours, Randall Worley, makes it simple this way. He says, if we love God more, we love each other more and we love ourselves more, we're probably doing something right. Like, like, and that's what I find when you're, when you're telling stories, it's like, can I well, love- I'll throw this, throw this at you. The well. biggest thing that I've had over the years is oh, that- Don't well, make it too theologically deep for a <laughs> you, moment. You did. Time. You got a little deep for me. No, but- <laughs> Bring but us back, Joel. Bring us come back. On, man. Come on. <laughs> over the years- my biggest pet peeve with that verse, and I've heard it preached on so many times. There we go. Uh, love the Lord the God with all their heart, yeah, mind, yeah. soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I've heard 50 sermons on loving God. heard 100 sermons on loving your neighbor. Loving yourself is put equally to the first two. Yeah, yeah. It is. Right. It is. And, and it's, and it's yeah. equally hard to love yourself as it is to love God and love your neighbor in a healthy, wholesome way. And the only way to actually love yourself is to embrace the story and the fullness in front of you. But it, that that's the one that's like people are like throw that under the bus because and and to be fair and see Mark you preached great on the, on the love yourself, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is like grow, growing up I'm always like but there's that last one that's really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know I love that. That's sorry, that's a, I said we got to throw it. I could, Mark looks like he's got something brewing. Well, it I mean that that great commandment is three dimensional. We we tend to think of it as two dimensional, love God and love others. So yeah. Joel, that's spot on. And it's really hard to love other people if you don't even like yourself. Yeah. Right. And right. the hardest person to forgive is the person that looks back at you in the mirror. Yeah. So, you know, it it there's a fine line there where, you know, we're obviously not talking about it in the narcissistic uh, sense true, of loving true. yourself yeah. above all others. Yeah. Um, we're talking about, you know, really finding identity in Christ. And, you know, I, I am who I, I am who God says I am. That's it. You right. know, that, right. The image of God, apple of God's eye, uh, God's workmanship understanding those pieces and and then out of that we really can love other people yeah yeah you know years ago i'm sure you'll remember the what would jesus do campaign sure. which actually was pretty cool yeah. but it just got so ridiculous i remember reading a new york times article what would jesus drive and they're like oh probably a prius because he's earth friendly and, this. <laughs> and i'm like well, he's lugging around 12 disciples he'd had a, one of those 15 passenger church fans for sure probably diesel <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but what, what really struck me was, well, wait a second. If Jesus only did what the father did and said what the father said, and God is love, then Jesus did love and said love. So the bigger question is what would love do? And that became the theme for my life from very early on before I was pastoring. Yeah. Um, and it, it really changed everything for me to realize if God is love, then, you know, Jesus exemplified the perfection of who the father is. He is what God has to say about himself. And then, you know, the whole love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Joel, I'm on, I'm definitely on team Joel and team Mark on that one, because that question was answered by Jesus. And that statement was equally important 
to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But then Jesus drops the whole love God part later on in John 13. He says, no, I'm giving you a new command. Love one another the way I've loved you. John did it again in 1 John 4. He said, no, the, the way you show your love for God is your love for others. And to be reminded that, hey, uh, love your enemies is still a thing. So if you ask people a question, ask them, how do you love God? And ask them, who are your enemies? Man, then you can start entangling all of that stuff in there and pull a story out that says, no, God really is love. Yeah. And this is the way we love God yeah. is by loving one another. Yeah. Hey guys, we uh, have heard the cry of our audience and uh, you guys are looking for deeper connection than just listening to us talk and interview people. Right. You want to get to know one another. And so we're going to host a Zoom call, aren't we, Jason? <laughs> we are. And we have a date and time, August 29th, 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have a call with uh, some folks who listen to this podcast. What are we calling this? Taco... This is our Taco Munities, Taco Munities Zoom call. Uh, but we want you to join us in some conversation around rethinking God, but also to kind of develop a tighter community. So August 29th, 2 p.m. Eastern. That's right. You need to go to familystory.org to sign up for the mailing list to make sure that you get the Zoom link that we will send out a couple days prior. Uh, but we're inviting you to hang out with us uh, online for a while. We'll have question and answer. Uh, we'll get to know one another better. Uh, we want to yeah. hear from you directly. So yeah, what else, yeah. Jason? Well, we've heard a whole lot of requests about, hey, do you know someone in my area that thinks like this? Uh, right. A whole lot of folks that are maybe feeling like they're on the journey alone. And so that's, that's what got us here. How do we connect with you guys and how do we help you connect with one another so yeah um august 29th 2 p.m eastern time off familystory.org sign up on our mailing list and we'll we'll have a good time together feel free to bring tacos yeah yeah (laughs) if you want to feel free to join us with taco in hand but uh, please mute your mic if that's the case (laughs) but uh hey it t- started off as a joke, Taco Immunities, yeah. but it's gaining momentum, and uh, we <laughs> want you to right. be a part of our Taco Immunity. <laughs> right. See you guys August 29th. Looking forward to it. Guys, my book is out, Leaving and Finding Jesus. If you've already read it, I would be so grateful if you would go to Amazon and write a review. This actually helps the rankings. It also helps people trust the book before they buy it. Uh, thankful for you for that and also so thankful for all the support that's come in over the last little bit we're just we're just blown away blessed by folks generosity you know a family story is a non-profit this is a listener supported podcast and uh, we're just so grateful to be on the journey with you guys i'm so thankful for you praying life joy and wonder over you today all right let's get back to the podcast The tension you were talking about, Mark, um, to me, is is discovered in the, well, I would say this, you said, first of all, Jesus is perfect theology. So if, we're, if that's the starting place, which it is for us, uh, then 
whether you're deconstructing whatever you're doing, you're doing it and you're finding the cornerstone. As mm-hmm. as, as Derek says, uh, there's a way to deconstruct in which it's just a repentance movement, a rethinking and and finding uh, uh, that cornerstone and continuing to, to move the debris that's between you and, and Christ. And then that greater love, you know, if we're talking about Jesus gives us love, he then tells us there's a greater love. And it's no, there's no greater love than that one would lay one's life down for a friend. Then he goes to the cross and he does that. And that's like that thing for me that if your intention between justice and mercy, then you go, you go to that greater love and that greater love is going to be the thing that allows you to have the clarity to navigate justice and mercy. Uh, to me, that's, that's the thing that's been most transformative. I, there's a, I, I say this often that for me, the Rosetta stone scripture is in first John four and it's, we love because he first loved. And so for me, all things are uh, even, even to love the Lord, your God is you can't give away what you don't have. And so even to love the Lord, your God is to be aware of what he has done for us. It is to be aware of his first love for us. And upon that foundation, you actually have what you need to love him and to love others as you love yourself. And man, that makes for a, a, almost a simple and easy gospel. Like it's the good news. Right. To, to me that, um, and I need it to be simple because I'm really not, I'm, you know, Joel and I, um, this is as deep as we get right here. <laughs> that makes sense. How do I love my wife more? How do I love my kids more? How do I love my neighbors like Jesus did? Like, And that's a lot of the pushback that we get when you, when you tell someone God is love and they're like, yeah, God is love, but, and they try and bring that contradiction in. And the question I often go back with is, well, show me an unloving justice or show me an unloving holiness. Those are the two that usually get mentioned. Well, he's also holy and he's also just. Well, not according to your justice. And I mean, my big question is, what if God's justice is mercy? <laughs> and in the end, there's reconciliation, there's redemption. That, that to me, that's the huge plot twist in the story was that our God would become one of us to rescue all of us mm-hmm. and enter into death you know, to destroy it from the inside out. So it's it's just a better, it's a better story. (laughs) Yeah. Are we asking questions? I don't ask questions. Mark, I was, let's let's shift. I got to ask you some questions, Yeah. right? Please. Sorry. Like a Canadian. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) The three words that change everything. This is the new book that you've been, that you've been, uh, that just came out. I don't even think, I think it's still in hardcover, right? It's, it's not available. Yeah. Uh, is it also in soft cover yet, or is it just hard? No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Man, um, those words, I, I, I very much can apply those words to my marriage <laughs> and, and know that, uh, that uh, my marriage is much stronger when I embrace everything about those words. <laughs> but I know you've gone deeper than that. Share a little bit about this, man. Um, yeah. This book and what you're, what you're running at. Yeah. Well, if if you are married, you might as well get good at that second one. Sorry, because you're going to be saying it a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, here here's the bottom line. You only need to be good at three things. If you're good at please, sorry, and thanks, uh, you're good to go. You're, yeah. you're, I'm not worried about your marriage, not worried about your relationship with God. Um, you know, a PhD is great. Uh, I'm all for education, but PST, please, sorry, thanks, is going to get you the promotion at work. At the end of the day, that's how you win friends and influence people. You you have to be really good at those three words. And uh, 
Now that that sounds simple, but if you back up the bus, the 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 driving premise of the book is that words create worlds. Uh, it's the constructive conception of language that words don't represent the world objectively; they create the world subjectively. And I, I love it when science catches up with scripture because. <laughs> King Solomon said the power of life and death is in the tongue. Yeah. Um, and I geek out about stuff like this, but there have been studies of, you know, people talk negatively to plants and they languish yeah, yeah. and talk positively to plants and they flourish. And, uh, you know, that stuff just is is crazy confirmation that words are a powerful thing. And... Joel, just to kind of piggyback off of the idea of storytelling, you know, to me, yeah, birds chirp, um, uh, you know, whale songs travel 10,000 miles underwater, which is, that's amazing. Wow. Um, and, you know, the metal larks have 300 notes that they use to communicate. Even trees communicate via chemicals. So, um you know, certainly all of creation communicates, wow. but the ability to language in my estimation is part of the image of God because it's yeah. unique to us as humankind. And so this ability to use words to create worlds wow. is such a gift. And part of that is the storytelling. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, Joel and I live just blocks from the Library of Congress, and there are millions and millions and millions of books, but guess what? All of them, uh, at least the ones that are in English, they only use 26 letters. That's all we got. Like, <laughs> we only use 26 letters, right, right. and yet the possible permutations, we haven't even scratched the, the yeah. surface. So I'm just... I'm kind of wowed by the power of words. And I would argue that, you know, your proficiency at please, sorry, thanks is probably the greatest predictor of success in life and love and in leadership, which sounds maybe overly simple. Yeah. But to me, the simple things are the powerful things. Yeah. And we'd like to encourage our audience to get out there and buy Mark's book yeah um and you don't have to go on a wild goose chase to get there it, it is find it easy. <laughs> oh, how'd i do <laughs> really good come on no, man thanks. i was just thinking yeah, we gotta work some more in we gotta <laughs> no i love what you're i love what you're saying mark um and uh the the element of words we had a guest on a few weeks ago steve mcveigh and he was talking about you know there's all these potential outcomes in the future and a lot of of the what happens and what we connect to depends on what we co-create with our words and our mouths with God, moving us towards that destiny, moving us towards that better thing. And the opposite is true as well. And he, he was talking about it in quantum theory. Yeah. I mean, was, it's, it's real. You would have talked about geeking out. This yeah. was a fun conversation. Like I, I'm fascinated by those, those studies where they talk to plants. It's through a door, right? They throw, talk through a door and they say negative, the plant dies. They talk through a door, they say positive, the plant thrives. That's stuff, right? Is that the study you're talking about? Yeah, and there's so many other studies. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, 
a dairy farm uh, in England that plays Mozart for its cows and they produce more milk. And there's horticulturists in Denver who, you know, play Beethoven and they call it a sonic bloom, a uh, <laughs> little play on words. So there's there's a Japanese bakery that that plays music and says it it's what makes their bread magical i I mean this stuff is just in and it should not come as a surprise because here here's the question i'm i'm asking frequently these days what's really happening when what's happening is happening (laughs) that's the bigger question um so so for example we're on a planet that's spinning at a thousand miles per hour. You can't perceive it. Oh, we're also speeding through space at 67,000 miles per hour. So even on a day you didn't get much done, you did travel 1.6 million miles through space. That's what's really happening. We, I know people who say they've never experienced a miracle. With all due respect, you have <laughs> never not. Right. Like you, you're in the middle of this celestial miracle yeah, yeah. that happens day in and day out and yet we're blind to it so i think a lot of it is just waking up to what's what's really happening uh, all around us so good Mark, i think you preached once and i'm all i think this was you so forgive me if it's not but i've always remembered this that it was that our very breath um in and out in and out is uh yahweh like can you go back to like what 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 that connection was? Because it was mind blowing to me when you when you spoke about it. Well, the the short version, and this is not original to me, um, but I I had asthma for forty years. Short story, July second, twenty sixteen. I pray a bold prayer. I have not touched an inhaler from that day to this day. Ran the Chicago Marathon to celebrate it. So breath is something I don't take for granted. So I've researched every book I can read on respiration, anything about hemoglobin that carries oxygen uh, to the different cells in the body. But but one of the interesting discoveries is this idea that Yahweh's name was too sacred to, to write, so they took out the consonants, but there is an argument that the 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 sound of breath is the pronunciation of Yahweh so that even if you don't believe in God, he was your first word and he will be your last word and he's every word in between. And, you know, that's hard to, some of that's hard to validate, but the the concept I think is a powerful one. And, And then you get to the last verse in Psalm 150 verse six and it's almost like after these incredible, this roller coaster of human experience, I love the way it ends. Let everything that has breath yes. praise yes. the Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just such a fun ending to like, hey, the only qualification is your breathing. Breathing wow. is enough of a qualification My to God. just give God some praise. So, I love it. Yeah. That's so good. That's beautiful. I love the, um, uh, to maybe shift the conversation a little bit, but not really, because this is what we're talking about. Um, the, you know, these studies, they're all about creating worlds. They're all about um, creation, partnering with the creator. 
uh, and um, changing the world. We're, we're working on a series, I Change the World, and we're working on it specifically uh, for tweens, but we've, we've worked together on a lot of things. I know the heartbeat for all of us here and, and those listening is how do we live uh, how do we live in the abundance of who he is as an expression of on earth as it is in heaven? I mean, that's the mandate that we were invited into. Jesus showed us the Father and then what it looked like to live confident on earth as it is in heaven, and then gave us an invitation to live that way. And, you know, those are the the, the stories that arrested me as a kid were the stories of David, were the were these were the stories of Ben and I, some of the things that we're working on were the were these heroes that change the world because of a relationship with God, because of a, a, an understanding of Yahweh coming into an alignment with creator and, and acts of radical faith that we've immortalized and, and spend our Sundays and our weekdays diving into. But um, uh, we heard this phrase, and, and I know this will resonate with you, and Joel and I have a production company that, that we're working on things all the time and a lot of times with Mark and, and, um, and we believe that that whoever tells the story um, uh, uh, forms and creates the future, hmm. and creates the narrative. We get to create the yeah. narrative, and and I believe the best story being told is the gospel story, is the story of the love of Christ and, and our our invitation into friendship and union with Him. And so, uh, go ahead, man. You look like you're reading. Well, I was just I'm, back to the breath thing. I mean. It, breathing is not um, something we actively have to remember to do. I mean, unless you struggle in that area, of course, but it's, it just happens. It's, it's there. It's, you know, not a conscious thought that it's happening. And could it be that God is interweaving and working and love is in everything that's <laughs> happening in that same way yeah. that in the breath way, and people are just going to be hopefully waking up to that reality. Yeah. And that's really our role as followers of Jesus is to say, Hey, I've woken up to this reality of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Um, I want to help other people wake up to that same reality. Yeah. And uh, that breath part kind of makes me think about it being it's it's not conscious. It's not something we have to try to remember to do. You just breathe. So, yeah, I don't know. That was just a, a big thought yeah. for me. Another big thought for me is um, do hemp farmers play Bob Marley? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, no, that was it. That was all. Sorry. I had to, I had to get that out. <laughs> well, let's try, leave that. I, I, guess. I think that's I think that's worth spending the next ten minutes on. No, no, let's leave okay. it. <laughs> Possible edit. No, I love that. <laughs> I uh, I'm with you, man. I, I think there's an ease and I think there's a, a natural um proclivity in us to to, to awaken to right. this story, the story God's telling, the, the, to awaken to this friendship, to awaken to, uh, and 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 I think this is what we talk about, guys. So a lot of folks are listening to the podcast. They want to know what to do to change the world. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's about who we know and how sure we are and how he feels about us that changes the world. And, um, and so... I would love for maybe Joel, you to dive into that. And then Mark guys, you know, and go ahead and share a little bit about this project we're working on too, in light of that, especially for these formative years, these tweens that we're, we're focused on uh, in this particular project. Let me preface with like, I've got, I've had the extreme honor of writing uh, with and, and, and creating with, with Mark for, I don't know, since 2008 
um and with jason since you know i was three probably but but it's um there's there's been a when you were born we were doing it man we were totally (laughs) right 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 but there's been a uh as we've dreamed together it's always kind of come back to this these these adventure um series that really are 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 I believe God breathed and God's stories. And what's most exciting about this is it feels like this kind of, um, uh, for me, it's a dream team of, of the people that I've had most fun in my life creating with and and really the the, the most impact when I've created with uh, is telling these God stories where we're, we're telling these stories of, of, um, of characters from the Bible initially starting in the old Testament, but I think we're gonna go all the way through, but it's, it's, David, I love the way Jason says Benaniah every time, every time he gets it wrong. But Benaniah. Um, <laughs> Benihana. Miriam, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Miriam are, are the first three. Canadian thing? Can I throw that? <laughs> yeah. Sure. But, Canadian, so. <laughs> um, but it's these, these stories for tweens that they're not just, they're not just um, Bible stories. Like we're actually doing adaptations. So this first book, David, is is Second uh, Samuel, I think, 16 and 17 and Psalm one of the songs I'll find out, but it's, it's taking these stories. And, and for the David book, it's from uh, uh, killing the lion all the way through the Goliath story. And it's just, it's for, you know, eight, nine to 11 year olds. And it's just um, for what we've been talking about. If you're living, a, if you, if you know how to, um, if you read a great story um, and the story is speaking the Holy spirit into you and speaking uh, life into you and identity into you, um, it's going to help you live a great story. You can't live one until you've experienced one. And, and a lot of kids don't have the chance to experience one or don't have the, the people around them. And this, that's one of the things that excites me about this series is it really is identity and life get speaking to that age group who's feels like it's under a lot of attack right now. But, and the, the idea of the three of us, you know, we're taking turns on spearheading and, and kind of tearing the other two tear it apart and, and make it better. And then we spearhead other ones. I don't, Mark, you're working on John, uh, Solomon. Jonathan, uh, Solomon, sorry. Um, but it, it's, it's just, the series is kind of never ending and all, ever expanding and it's, um, and it's just super fun. So that's, that's kind of the preface to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If, well, two thoughts. One, uh, we we when we come to scripture, we suffer from something that psychologists call hindsight bias. We know how every story ends, yeah, and so it loses the element of surprise. It loses some of the shock and awe. But what what would it be like? I think it was Ignatius of Loyola that talked about imaginative meditation, like putting yourself in the sandals of a character mm-hmm. in the story. And I, I have to say, uh, Joel, y- you are one of the most uh, fantastical writers that I know. Like you have this ability to kind of crawl into the skin of someone that, you know, was a shepherd thousands of years ago, David, and recreate some of what he was maybe thinking or feeling. And really, really what we want to do is do justice to these stories, like do justice to, I mean, Marvel has nothing on, on Bible heroes. Marvel has nothing on the, the universe that that is scripture. And so, uh, my big concern, especially having raised three kids, is y- you show me your heroes, and I'll I'll tell you 
who you're becoming because all of us innately and intuitively gravitate towards whoever it is that we see as a hero. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that there are le- athletic examples of that and entertainment examples of that, but I just think it's so important that we, we take Bible heroes. And by the way, real people with real problems, yeah, yeah, but a real God with real solutions. And let's tell their stories. Why, why not tell the best stories? Yeah. And the best stories in my mind are in the Bible. And so I Change the World is about giving kids role models that are actually worth looking up to and living up to. And uh, so it's exciting for me to be a piece of this pie. And, uh, you know, I I think um, parents are going to love it because then there's confidence that, you know, this isn't just some random story without any moral lesson to it, but it's it's an amazing story with amazing life lessons. Yeah, and you're right. Um, Joel's, uh, whenever we work together, I, I, I used to, like, you know, I, I used to try and keep up with him. It's impossible. Uh, he can write uh, four, four chapters to my one and uh, every one of them just fantastical, full of adventure. So the, the stories are packed with adventure. That's what he's good at. And, and the two things that we try and focus on uh, while we're writing these they're 10,000 words, and, and we're, we're focused on, for me, two things. Jesus shows up in every story um, because I, I think that uh, it's really important that we understand when we're reading Scripture, we're always looking for Jesus in the story. He's there. He's always been the same. He was, he's never changed. He was the same in the old and the new, and Jesus shined a light on what God is really like. So Jesus shows up in, in all of the stories. Actually, we refer to him as the stranger in, this, in the one in David, and I think that might be uh, one of the names he goes by. He's the Emmaus Road Stranger. I love right? it. So that, and then the second thing that we try and do in these books, and Joel did really well in, in this first one, David, is, is that to articulate and to show a personal relationship with God an ability to hear God for yourself. Um, David mm. was was able to model that, and Joel takes us right inside of that personal. You know, one of the things uh, I I I've said my, my whole life. I want my my kids to know not just the names of God, but an but be able to have an encounter with the interpretation, because if they can personally experience, not just know theologically his name, but they personally know the God that is a provider. They personally know the friend. They personally know him as a savior. They've tasted and seen that he is good. When they can experience that, there's, there's nothing else in this world better. Yeah. And it, and it is a sustaining reality in their life. And so um, the two things that I love about these series is Jesus shows up in all of them. I mean, they're, they're the most fun I think I've had in writing in a while. Jesus shows up in every one of them. Uh, so we're looking for him in the story. And also um, uh, the, there's a personal relational God in every one of these stories. That's yeah. kind of cool for me. I've, I've Well, and that isn't, isn't that the Emmaus experience? The stranger shows up. He retells the story, yeah, as it points to him, yeah, and they they realize, oh man, our eyes were opened, our hearts burned. They yeah. they had a better story, they had a better hero. Yeah. They had, a, I mean, I love that. And one thing I tell people all the time, you know, I come from a real faith camp, and um, you know, you got to have faith, and you got to 
call your shots almost, that kind of faith. But what I found is that people got so discouraged when they like, God told me to go do this. They step out and do it, and that's not it. And they get get discouraged, and they're like, I I don't even know how to hear from God. I don't have faith. It's like, no, now you know what it isn't. Keep going on. Keep the adventure going. It's just as valuable. And that's why I don't trust anybody that doesn't have a limp. I mean, like, tell me your story, man. I want to hear the hard stuff, too, which I suspect is what's happening with you yeah, know, yeah, with yeah. David, obviously, yeah. we'll get you, you a copy, man. <laughs> no, we got no. the first one's almost done. <laughs> no, the two the two most exciting things for me are one very practically. Um, actually, Mark, Mark's oldest son, Parker, has come on board, and he's uh, I, he's a probably the best visual storyteller I've ever met, and he's he's uh, creating the covers, and we're creating the artwork together of of uh, through a new way that was impossible before. And every page, if you're a parent, every page of this book is littered with uh hello daughter is littered with um beautiful beautiful artwork that's that will blow your kid's imagination uh out of the water it just gives gives kind of visuals if you're a visual reader if you you know it will make your imagination go and the second part is for me the most fun part of of diving into these stories is you know when we're kids and we hear david and goliath and we hear you know we hear all these things but if you're david you're growing up uh, years away, one generation away from these incredible God moments. And so, so for, for, you know, when, when looking at these stories and he's thinking of Elijah or Elisha or of Samson or of all these stories that aren't, they're not thousands of years ago, they're, they're fresh, you know, they're, they're recent. And, and that, you know, it's, it's, it's the same today. Uh, we're, we're, we're only years, days, weeks away, hours away from miracles but we don't see it that way. So how do we put ourselves in, in the mindset of, of, you know, we're, we're a part of the greater story. We're part yeah. of the miracles that God's telling. And yeah, uh, for, for, in that way, it's a super spectacular thing because if, if you're David, it's pretty easy to have faith because, you know, six months ago, such and such happened or six years ago, um, you know, the, the Samuel was there, the judges were there, all this was happening. Yeah. Uh, whereas again, we're trying to show even in, in the takeaway afterwards, God's still moving today just as much as he ever was then. You're not 2000 years removed. Uh, you are David living out your life now. Um, and you can point to these things that are still happening today and, and still happening. And we can still interact with God in the same way. Love it. That's so good. Excited <laughs> about it. We got, we got, you've had you for almost an hour. So we got to talk tacos just briefly. We just got to, you know, it's, we're rethinking God with tacos. Um, I've, I've spent some time in DC. I know that Joel's brought me to a couple taco joints, but I, I would love to hear maybe a taco story. Uh, Mark, you got something? Well, listen, any taco that has short ribs or brisket in it, oh, yeah, it's going to be, um, that's a good thing. Um, so there's uh, wow. Why am I forgetting the name of it? But K and I think it's fifth right on the corner. Um, whoo. Come on. It's, it's a, but that one is a glazed pork belly. Oh my God. Um, so to me, like you, you want to have the right um, tortilla. Yes. yes. That's very important. That's the cornerstone uh, of the taco right there. Channel my inner Napoleon dynamite. Um, <laughs> but the, the meat inside is going to be the key to me. Yeah. I And anything that's been cooked for a great length of time is going to make me really happy. So 
I, I'm getting really hungry right, <laughs> right about <laughs> now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. No, I'm going to chime in. I've listened to most of your guys' podcasts, and I feel like Jason has literally failed on every podcast. Come on. Thanks. For that. Because, it, it, it wouldn't be a good podcast if my brother didn't bring up something like this. No, Go well, ahead. here's my no, answer for you. I'm listening. Growing up, you know, uh, there's a place called Nani's Kitchen now. It has a sign over it. And she made this thing called Skull Valley. And it was, it's like, it's every, the best parts of a taco, but this it's all mom. just He's talking mixed about our in a mom pile. Now. Yeah. Well, my, our mom, Nani, to the grandkids, uh, <laughs> makes this thing. It's called Skull Valley. It had the word yeah. skull in it. So if you're a kid, it's, it was a great name for a meal. And it was like the best parts of a taco all mixed together in one. And you still go home and I still go there. And mom, it's the best taco. I'm sorry, Jason doesn't see it that way. If you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> thanks, but, thanks um, mom. That's it's great. A mom, I, love, <laughs> I love your tacos. Skull Valley. Mom taught us. Mom, Jason's had like 50 times to answer this question. And he's failed every day. Anyway, just go, go ahead. I apologize. The truth is um, known. Here's So it came from my mom. This is the funny part of that story. She made taco salad. It's just taco salad. It's unique. It's got Fritos <laughs> and there's some other things. Just taco salad. It's not. Ta- uh, it's Skull. But, it has the name Skull in it, she, Jason. She grew up and she learned about it from somebody from Skull Valley, Arizona. So it was called Skull Valley. And so for the longest time, we would tell everybody about Skull Valley and they'd just look at us. And then when we'd make it, they'd be like, you mean taco salad? <laughs> <laughs> But our kids call it Skull Valley, and it is. It's a deconstructed yeah. taco. Deconstructed so you're, you're right, Joel. I repent. I should have talked about that before now, yeah. but but we've, all right. we've hit there's it. There's favorites and there's not favorites, and you know that's all right. <laughs> so. Hey, uh, real quick, um, Mark, share a little bit about where folks can find the new book and where they can find you uh, and what you're doing. Yeah, uh, MarkBatterson.com might be a good place to start. Uh, sample chapter and some freebies, uh, a few messages that I've done on the book. I, I love both forms of communication, kind of the written piece. And then I love the challenge of spoken word. They're, yeah. they're two very different kinds of communication. And, uh, and so writing is different than speaking it and speaking is different than writing it. So, but uh, yeah, the website is a, maybe a good place to start. And, uh, yeah, would love for folks to visit. Yeah. I, uh, I've spent a lot of time figuring out how to write it, but, uh, the speaking it. Yeah. It's a whole, you're right. It's, um, yeah, I was just somewhere this week and I said, Hey, you guys want to just like, you just want to do instead of Sunday morning, we just sit around and talk about it because, because it's, it's a different beast, Yeah, but you're very, very gifted. And, uh, there's a whole lot available, a whole lot of the goodness of God available when you speak, man. Thankful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Otherwise, let's point people to uh, ichangetheworldbooks.com. When this podcast comes out, the first two chapters of David will be available for free uh, to give you just an an idea. Um, And that this will be when the podcast drops, the books will be, the first one will be available with the next book, the next two coming over the next two months. Go ahead and tell the title uh, because I don't want to get it uh, wrong again. Benaya or Benaniah, you know, it could be, uh, and, then, and then Miriam, and, uh, and then we're working on the, the next two after that, that will they'll be, uh, go to the ichangetheworldbooks.com website and you'll see what's coming up next. All right. Yeah. Hey, they, have, uh, they have the best hibachi chicken and rice yeah. at Benihana. That's right. At Benihana. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. Thanks Sorry, for, bro. Thanks I for pointing that out. That in. <laughs> Hey guys, love you both. Yeah. Um, honored to call you friends and brothers and brother. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, 
thank you. What a fun conversation. Good times. Yeah. Awesome. Hey guys, so glad you joined us on Rethinking God with Tacos. You can find me, Jason Clark, online at afamilystory.org, where I encourage you to sign up on our mailing list. We send out an email twice a month letting you know about new podcasts, articles, and new books or products that we have coming out. Plus, occasionally I'll keep you up on my schedule where I'm traveling. My Twitter handle is at Jason Clark is. I'm on Instagram under the same handle, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Yeah, and my name is Derek Turner. Jason and I love that you're listening to us. Thank you for all your feedback. Please write in, let us know what's going on in your life. But uh, we are pursuing a mission to help people rethink God, and we thank you for being a part of it. Uh, You can find me at Pastor Derek T on all the socials. And then, of course, I pastor a church here in Charlotte, North Carolina called River Church, rivercharlotte.com. Come and join us. We'd love to have you. Hey, all of these podcasts are available on all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Yeah. Hey, make sure and like, share, and throw a review out there. Let people know. We love good reviews on the podcast. It helps people find us. That's right. So if this is a podcast that you enjoy, (laughs) then please Promote it, share it, give it a good five-star rating. I like that. That's a good idea. Hey, love doing this journey with you. Praying grace and wonder over you today.